0: Hide. The shadows dance, evil, evil rise, the world between the living and the dead, dead is land. Land. so now it's the time, time to, to let die. the horror you know again. Hello, this is Darren. This is Trent.
1: And this is Ian.
0: And we are the Horror You Know podcast. This is our inaugural episode. And this podcast is basically about us doing deep dives into films that you may or may not have seen. And then telling the true stories or how they are based on some type of true story behind them. So mostly classic
1: horror films, but we're probably gonna dabble into some other stuff eventually, I would say. Yeah. Not to be confused with classic horror films.
0: Yeah, I I, I like watching a good horror film. I mean, like I Emmanuel. Said we would
1: dabble. I you know, I'm not gonna close the door on we're anything. De- we're definitely open for anything. <laughs>
2: we'll
0: what about try hor- anything horror? What about a horror horror film? Do those exist? Uh, there are horror horror films, horror. I'm sure out there. <laughs>
2: That's really difficult. You could, to say. you could probably
0: go on some interesting websites. We'll not even mention that. I'm but gonna anyway.
2: I'm gonna throw this out there. Best intro we've ever had.
0: Excellent.
2: This but it's our point. first it's episode, the only, episode first intro.
0: <laughs> 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 It's got to be the best well, and the worst at the same time. Yeah. So uh, this first week, we're going to talk about Halloween and everything in spooky season because it's kind of spooky season right now. We're going to release and this hopefully in you're October. listening
1: to this and it's Halloween.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, anyway.
1: hopefully you're just listening
0: to this Halloween. Like I want to start off without talking about the movie Halloween. Let's, uh, let's talk about some of the stuff you guys have done in the, in the past. Uh, what do you guys like about past. Exactly. Oh, digging up her bones. What do you, what do you like about Halloween? Why, why is that such a special time for you?
2: Go you ahead. Want take the... You want me to go, go ahead? ahead, man? So I honestly don't have a good answer to that because I'm Halloween 24 seven. I love scary movies, love scary stories, love scary podcasts, which actually brings us to why we're doing this. I love all this shit so so when somebody comes to me and says, Hey, want to do a scary podcast about true crime and horror, sure now <laughs> granted, I thought he said true crime and horrors, so I was a little disappointed what I got we're, here.
1: We're <laughs> gonna have that confusion throughout this whole run yeah, I can just so tell it's uh it's so, the horror you know to
2: me um. It spreads from what <laughs> spreads like a it Spreads from within. Uh, it spreads. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. No, uh, from when I was, from when I was, from when I was a little baby boy. Uh, growing up, I was always into horror. Don't know why, but at a young age, I was watching shit that was way too inappropriate for me. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So I was always watching stuff like this because my mom was a little skeptical, but my dad was always like, "Oh, they're fine," and he would let us watch anything. Now sometimes they would kind of you know scale it back and whatnot, but uh, when I hit you know young like eleven, twelve and and, and on cable, you know like uh, wow cable ca- cable seeing the connection. HBO
0: symbol at the very beginning yeah, would, like so excited you, you me. You can
2: pretty much watch anything on there. So so I don't know what it is. You anymore.
0: knew you were going to see some
1: boobies. When you <laughs> saw that no, in that, that was Kinemacx. I, I do
2: like a nice rack Kinemacx. Max Did you ever watch that as a kid? No. It's the fucking worst.
0: Emmanuel. <laughs> this is not <laughs> the Emmanuel first time. goes to Africa.
2: Yeah. So she's been to so many places. She's so exotic. Can't believe she went to Africa. <laughs> I know. You know who else went to Africa? Shaft. Shaft. He went to Africa.
0: I'm so so say what? <laughs> Did he go to what, Africa? You're is, what you're saying is, <laughs> yeah, he did go to Africa. What you're saying is Halloween has been a, a definite influence, and and Trent's oh, yeah. kind of a he's a newbie into the horror genre. He he likes um, action thrillers, sci-fi, MCU, yes. but he loves horror now.
1: I'm more into horror now than I probably ever was growing up. I'd say within the last I'm more into horror or horse.
0: <laughs> you were a comedy guy, as I recall.
1: I was big hey, into no, comedies. No, there's there's
0: nothing wrong with that though. Yeah. I, mean, I, I love think every I was genre, either, but, but thank you for validating that. You for piece me. of shit. <laughs> so.
1: No, I, uh, I, I'd say within the last probably 10 years of my life, I've gotten more into horror, and obviously we've we made, well, not obviously to everyone, but we made a horror movie a few years back, and that kind of got me into it. Gnawbone so, plug. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about it more than enough times throughout this podcast, but yeah, it's Gnawbone. Go check it out. But yeah, so you approached me. We made that movie, and I, you know I was, it's kind of back when I got into horror a little bit, and I'm more into it now. But yeah, growing up, I wasn't super into it, um, and as a kid, I told you guys before we recorded, but I'm definitely gonna be that like lame loser kid of the group. Like, like oh, we shouldn't go in there. Don't go in there, man. <laughs> <You're> the <laughs> little bitch boiler. I'm the little like timid bitch scoop Oh no, that's gonna be my role. That's kind of who. Think of every Matthew time. McConaughey
0: or Matthew, Matthew Lillard. Lillard? Matthew <laughs> yeah. L- so that's <laughs> Matthew McConaughey would be a definite difference. Okay, all right, man. All right,
1: all right, all right, all right. Let's go into this scary. So house that's, that's going to be my role on this podcast. And fun fact, like, you know, I wasn't even really into Halloween growing up as much as a kid because. Well, that's not
2: fun at all. That's just a fact.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, my earliest, like, memory of Halloween trick or treating, I was probably, I don't know, maybe four or five. Um, I was the blue Power Ranger. <laughs> yes. Power Rangers were were pretty big at that
0: time.
2: I don't mean to cut you off, but I was a red Power Ranger. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: So you're more the leader type.
2: I don't
0: more mean the to cut you type. guys off, but fuck you. I never watched the Power Rangers because <laughs> I was old.
2: You were like okay.
0: I was in like college 18, when the yeah. Power Rangers came out.
1: But anyway, I was like, I was the blue Power Ranger, and I know I remember I was like. I didn't want to get out of the car and go. I was kind of timid and scared, and like my sister was there. And I think eventually, I finally worked up the courage to get out of the car. And And I, I, I walked around the car, and it was dark, obviously, because it's night. We're trick or treating, and I like was walking in front of the car, and I stepped in this like giant puddle, like muddy puddle. And I got what? my costume all wet and I got so freaking like mad and sad and everything and I like so immediately was... got back in the car. I was over it. How old were you? Like four, four or five. five, maybe. Oh my god. And I was just like I didn't I didn't trick or treat for many, many years after that. <laughs>
2: because you stepped in a puddle?
1: Yeah. Got okay. my costume wet. Didn't want to do it to begin okay. with, and I was like, you know what? I'll go out and do it, and so then immediately
2: disaster struck. So when you were about four, you went as the blue. First of all, the blue Power Ranger.
1: I've already admitted to being I'll the timid, lame loser of the group here. So, <laughs> so of course I'm going to be there.
2: I don't know if you're Power Ranger savvy.
1: He's the nerdy. He guy. was
2: the bitch of the group. <laughs> Uh, so when he, no, glad he got on, them out of a lot of jams, on. Ian. Yeah. So
1: you so, gotta have a nerdy one of the group so to know when, all
2: the. When Billy first became the Blue Power Ranger, he was very like he was very. Oh God, <laughs> we're gonna fight
0: him. <laughs> so he was basically a little bitch of he the group. The he even was even killed so, one of the group. So it's so fun. He was the Trent trying to justify not, it. Not, one of the group. Now granted,
2: Trent's right. Like later, <laughs> not that I've ever watched the show, but later he became. He became more uh, like he was. Uh, he was the nerdy guy. He was intelligent. Uh He became very brave eventually. Trent. I, I would
0: so have much. been the white green Power Ranger. At the he same, same time, or, yeah, you're like, guy? Guy.
1: you're like kind of a bad guy. Kind of a kind bad of a guy, guy. Kind of
0: a good guy. Yeah, I, well, I'd he be was that being guy.
2: brainwashed. Anyway, I digress. I don't want to talk about. Yeah, Power we're talking Ranger. about the Halloween movie so, that John Carpenter. So here's film. the thing. So <laughs> here's the thing. Trent went from. <laughs> Splashing in a puddle as a four year old to I go oh, guys, no we can't go in there. Old man Johnson's gonna be so mad. So
1: it kind of fits
2: you. It's
1: my origin story. Now you know. <laughs> oh my God. The origin of how you became a little
2: So bitch. let's get
0: it let's let's give some uh back background on our on us just a little bit. Uh I'm the oldest of the group, Darren. Ian is Uh, middle of the group, you know, age-wise. At at this point, I'm 34. By the time this episode comes out, I'm maybe 35. And Trent is slightly younger than that, so I'm I'm definitely way older than these two. You are 30, so I've got reference throughout the 70s and 80s. These guys start in the mid to late 80s referencing stuff. Uh, so my, my background with Halloween, obviously, and everything's scary. If you look in my basement where we're sitting right now in our uh, second studio, or our first studio, our second studio would be Trent's Garage. We bounce around. We bounce around a little bit. Um, <laughs> this is our HG. But I've got a lot of horror stuff everywhere. I'm an art teacher. A uh, lot. Trent, Trent does... Uh, a lot of different artwork and stuff like that, and has worked with me in art. And Ian is just all about. He's crazy picked up a shit. pencil. He is awesome.
2: I've I've held a number two in these these bear poles a time or two. Yeah.
0: So so that's kind of our <laughs> that's what yes. pencil is. They're explaining pencils now to our audience. I thought he just had held some number two in his hand. Just wait, it gets him, better. Man. Oh my God. All so right. uh, nice so nice. yeah, our background, my background in Halloween though was my first movie I watched, we're going to talk about it on a later episode, is Jaws. I watched that at the drive-in in 1978, which was years after it came out, but it kept on playing in drive-ins for many years. Um, and then I went straight to extreme horror, and it was like... Uh, Friday the 13th, I watched that. I watched Halloween, which was one of my first ones. I watched a double bill of actually Friday the 13th and Friday the 13th Part 2 at the drive-in. And I was scared to sleep in my bed for weeks because I thought a hand was just going to pop out, hold me down to the bed, and a big arrow shoot up through my neck. So obviously our parents were a lot more liberal back when I was young and probably when you guys were young compared to kids now. Uh, But... They do see a lot of extreme stuff, probably, I'm sure, on the internet. Uh, so that's kind of uh, what the podcast is about. We're talking about Halloween, spooky stuff. Um, you know, my first first Halloween uh, theme that I could remember going as was obviously classic, like, monsters, universal monsters. Dracula uh, was one of my first. I went as a mummy, because that was a classic, just wrapping somebody in gauze and putting ketchup all and over And cheap, them. too. Very cheap. Get your toilet cheap. paper and yeah, go crazy. So uh, and if you guys that are old as me remember the uh, Ben Cooper style masks, they were like the plastic masks with a little rubber band on the back, and they had characters, and that was some of the first cool things come out of the mm. '70s. You know, the character masks that had logos and and you know actual trademarks attached to them, and you had a apron looking front. With armholes and everything, you could be like Casper the Friendly Ghost, or you could be. Friggin- an apron. Yeah, it kind of looked like an apron. It was like it tied around the neck, and you put yeah. your arms through sleeves, and oh, it was okay. just the front, and it'd be like a body.
2: I don't know why, but I, I thought of a straight jacket for some reason that we way we you were describing yeah. that. It was just I was plastic. Thinking of the,
1: uh I was thinking of the. Dan Aykroyd character from SNL selling all those toys to kids <laughs> yeah, back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bag of glass. Bag of glass.
0: Bag of glass.
1: Just selling, like, unsafe, dangerous Halloween costumes That's it, really the what it was.
0: They were very unsafe. Tie it like, around your neck. and then you just... The little mouth hole would eventually... You couldn't breathe very well in them. The little mouth yeah, hole would, like, crack and start cutting your lips up and everything. It's Johnny Switchblade. You know, he just... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's kind of my background, Ian... Same thing, pretty much. Uh, not necessarily. <laughs> um, You've dated yourself. No,
1: yeah, no, I'm definitely no dated. Um, yeah. When I was uh,
2: when I was growing up, there was a lot of reruns of Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, yeah, Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth. AMC did a special every Halloween. I yeah. we talked about that earlier. Yeah. and I was. It didn't matter. Matter it didn't matter, man. What year it was. The older i got the more like i would sit there in front of the tv and watch these every year yeah every um marathon is what they're called i couldn't <laughs> think of the word i would watch these marathons every year and uh it didn't matter how worse the movie got because friday the 13th got worse and worse each each one and i'm yeah. not saying they were all absolutely terrible yeah it's, it's it's definitely like they kind of jump a shark and they beat a dead horse but The first one is absolutely fantastic because... And we'll dive into all that later if if people are interested. Oh, that's
1: probably going to be an episode. It could be, but Friday... Yeah, Friday the
2: 13th built up so much... uh, Because... Spoiler alert. You know, people that have seen the movie from the 79? 80? Probably 80. 80? 81. Okay, I know uh, Kevin Bacon was 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 just breaking into it. A couple years later. So, um... You know, when when you're building these iconic characters that aren't even in the first few movies, um, I'm cool with that, and and I love the fact they brought Jason in. But like the more that went on, the sillier they got. Uh, Nightmare on them, no Nightmare on Elm Street was the same way. Halloween got the same way. The third one had nothing to do with anything. Yeah, but I think you and I have talked. You like the third one. I like the third one. If it was a standalone movie, Yeah, standalone
0: movie, it's a great movie. So
2: I've had this conversation with another friend. He said, as a standalone movie, it wouldn't have been that bad. And I said, man, I don't agree with you. I agree on that subject. I agree that some movies can be good as a standalone movie, not a part of the franchise. I don't agree with that. That's a shit movie regardless. (laughs) I, I I I would
0: rather eat a bucket of shit. It's it's definitely a, a gotta hope nobody has one <laughs> kind of like a personal taste movie. I mean, there's a no, lot of fans out there for it. I there's a lot of detractors against it,
2: definitely. So I think it has to do with the cult following situation, yeah. to where like it's so anti-Halloween,
0: yeah, yeah. That
2: it, you know, I, I think back then it was one of those like this is such a terrible movie. Why would anybody like this? But nowadays, it's kind of got that cult following to it. And I'm I respect that I'm cool with it. I still don't like it. Maybe I need to go back and watch it again now that I'm older, um, more mature. But um, leave that speculation. But uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think I can get into it, man.
0: Yeah, but but well, we're I, here to talk about the first Halloween, so that's we, we what are, we're going to really but focus on. Yeah,
2: but yeah, as far as getting into horror, I, I'll watch anything that has to do with horror. I'm not into the blood and guts part of it. But I like I like a good story I mean there's all a lot of like
0: I don't care if it's like but if there is I'm cool with it but the story's got it yeah like, the story's got to be strong enough to, I mean to I quit, I'm I'm such a horror fan I will watch schlocky shit that has no story like I will watch basket stuff case. like like basket case I love uh any anything from that era I love like stuff from Japan that's all about gore that has no plot and it's all about like just weird stuff, you know, yeah. like torture and like not that I'm a torture kind of guy, but like I was wondering I respect, those muffled sounds were in the corner of this basement exactly. over here. I am am I'm into like just experiencing horror and seeing what it what it has to offer. Some of it's bad. I mean, obviously some of it's going to be bad, but like some of it is really it's one of those movies that are so bad they're good, and then some movies are just great movies. I mean, you just got to
2: And I was going to ask you that. Are are you a fan of the So Bad They're Good movies? I
0: am. I mean, I collect them. You know, you've seen my collection. If you guys could see my collection, I have thousands of horror movies. And
2: they all made the list. I
0: literally will watch almost anything once just to see it, you know?
2: I'm the same way, but uh, I don't know if I can appreciate it as much as you. Like, I like B and C horror movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll get into that later into the the podcast there's there's one i have in mind that we talked about recently Yep. that i think a lot of people were kind of disappointed in but i think is a sleeper movie uh like i said we'll get into that later but there are a lot of movies that i think go under the radar that are either low budget or whatnot and i'm a huge fan i just like horror in general
0: yeah and that's that's the fun part about it like i think horror fans are a community and that's what we're trying to go for with this podcast we're trying to pull horror and true crime and people that are into sci-fi we're pulling them all into the same type of uh that we're doing um but they're also sometimes their worst enemies like they they gripe about everything that just comes out and they they, they try to fight like i i see on websites all the time people just trying to say stuff controversial to be controversial to get sometimes. a rise to just kind but of troll if you will. I kind of like that because it gets people going. Like I, I think any kind of film worth its salt is a film that has people talking about it negatively yeah. or positively, you know, we talked about You and I have talked about this, uh, yeah. off, off, uh, camera here recently that, uh,
2: whether a movie is good or bad, if people are talking about it, it's definitely made an impact. Whether, exactly. whether it's positive or negative, exactly. people are talking about it. And, and that's going to draw more people like that. Haven't seen the movie to be like, the fuck are these people talking about? Like I have to go exactly. watch this. Exactly. And, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, man. That's kind of draw me in too. if I've, if, if I'm, if I've never seen a movie and I hear somebody talking about it and somebody saying, this is great. Or this is absolute dog shit. I'm like, I'll be the judge of
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it makes I you want to watch it. it. And I, I mean, you you've got multiple types of fans, and I I appreciate them all, but they're all like like you have like art house snobs that will be like, well, look, the horror genre doesn't really win Academy Awards very often. The last time it won was Silence of the Lambs. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's <laughs> like fuck you. But at the same time, they're kind of right. People don't take horror genre that seriously, but. I appreciate a Silence of the just as much as I appreciate Sharknado Two. You know what I'm saying? Like it yeah. might be sh- shitty and schlocky, but I understand it. Like I get that they're trying to be that. It's not like they're making a shitty movie and not realizing they're making a shitty movie.
2: And I get that. And but it's
0: entertaining sometimes.
2: I don't. I don't mind. Some of it's bad though. Yeah. So situations like that, to where it, like Sharknado, I can't say that without fucking giggling. Um, but uh, it makes you
0: laugh when you watch it. I've never watched a Sharknado. And you never watched one? Now, They're funny why. as fuck, though. But here's why. Because I've seen snippets. Not that fucking's funny. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> just imagine Darren watching porn and just laughing the whole time. So, I do
0: not watch porn going on record. I'm sure when well, clowns get it well, on, it's a little funny.
2: Well. So, uh, Sharknado, man, anytime I've ever watched. Oh my god. I almost spit my drink out. happened. So uh, any anytime like I watch a snippet of Sharknado, uh, I think, you know what, there's not a really good reason for me to watch a full length movie of this. Yeah. And um, I understand that. But uh but I'm also one of the same persons, people, persons, that has watched one of the worst horror movies ever made. Darren's gonna know what I'm talking about. Trent's gonna have that perplexed look on his face that he has right now.
1: If you say gnawbone, I swear to knob. <laughs> uh
2: <laughs> Cheap block, no. Um, that movie is called Troll
1: Two. Oh, Troll Two. Oh, I know Troll Two. Yeah, do you?
0: I mean, I, I had a documentary. I it. haven't
1: yeah. watched it. Like sat down and watched it start to finish, but I know everyone knows Troll you Two. Should. I know the. I know the. Yeah, I know all the parts. But Do are... you
0: know the Incredible Bulk? <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: my god, the Incredible
2: Bulk. That's a bulk.
1: fucking real thing.
0: We'll bring that up later in an episode. Anyway, yeah, Troll Two. One of the worst movies ever
2: made. Yeah. But cult classic, like we were talking about earlier. And uh, it's just so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And, think, and like there's... you said, they even made a documentary yeah. to where they brought all these people in. Trent, you're here for educational purposes. Right? I am.
1: I'm here to listen and learn.
2: So what they did was they, they got everybody in a room. They had like a... Festival, I guess you would call it, but each year, like they would play this movie, and even some of the actors would show up, right? And the actors knew it was ridiculous too. So the only person that didn't get the memo that it was a terrible movie was the director, <laughs>
0: who did not speak English, who by didn't the way. who
2: didn't know any English. So this sounds so, a lot like
0: Tommy Wiseau in the room.
2: <laughs> yeah, honestly, yes. So essentially, what happened is they get all these people in the room, and everybody's laughing at the serious parts. And to interview him in this documentary, Darren's talking about He's like, yeah, I'm glad that people love it so much, but I don't understand they were laughing at the <laughs> wrong parts. So he did not get the fact that this movie is just a huge joke. Yeah. Because it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life. And I, uh, I still owe the man a bullet in the kneecap that showed me the movie. <laughs> because I... It, it's not gonna make sense of me telling you now, but if you've ever seen it, man, it's you. You've heard of it, but you've never seen it, right? I know the gist of it. I've seen clips. You, and you stuff have on to watch it, and I know it's gonna take a lot to get through it, man. Because you like horror, but you're not super into it. It's rough. It's oh, I, uh, I, it's I, so I'm fucking sure. rough to
0: watch. It's its own drinking game. Let's
2: just say it's bad. Did you, did you do that whole thing, the drinking game to that movie? No, but you can. okay? Gotcha. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I didn't know if there was a story behind this. No, you could actually do a drinking game with it, like some of the stuff they well, say think, and how how many times they do different things that are pretty cliche.
1: I think that's a good example of what makes horror such a well loved like genre though, because I feel like horror has so many layers to it as a movie genre because you could you could go for like the top notch just sort of artsy deep thinking kind of Oscar worthy, Oscar worthy throw. or you could do cheap trash and it's all under that same umbrella. If you slap yeah. horror on it, if it's a horror comedy, it's still a horror. Like I think didn't, yeah. you Kind we of say that this. once. Yeah. Um, and you know, there are, it's the schlocky B, only- B movies that people like, you know, maybe back in the day it wasn't a thing, but like now people try and emulate that. People try and make yeah. old school looking movies. No bone. I'm not trying to, cheaply plug it three times I now on this episode, episode but, so you keep mentioning but i'm you're saying moving. like look <laughs> edit all that up but like horror is just such a wide ranging like i don't know umbrella that co- like just covers a lot of different things and i
0: think that's what you know makes we it so cool we talked about it you can't take any other genre in film and put horror into it and then not become horror horror is like the black ink of the of the uh film industry like you Drop it down into water and it's going to overtake that water. And that's what I'm saying. It's like a love story, if it has horror in it, is immediately going to become a horror or a thriller. A thriller with horror in it is going to become a horror. A action movie with horror in it is going to become an action horror. There's never a horror that has a love story and you're going to be like, oh, that's a love story. Right. You might really try to describe it as a love story, but it's still horror. It could be comedic, but it's still horror. Yeah. Like, horror just kind of can encompass anything you want it to encompass. Like, if you took the MCU universe and added horror to it, like they're wanting to do with the zombies, it's going to be a MCU horror. It's going to be more horror fan centric. They're trying to do that with Doctor Strange, too. But yes, yeah. I agree. So obviously we've all have a slightly different but somewhat similar background like a lot of our listeners now in horror. So let's just uh, slide right into the uh, Halloween segment that we're going to. Oh, all uh, Hallows Eve. All Hallows Eve. John Carpenter. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Love this film. So let's talk about Halloween. What do you what do you guys think about that? Let's talk about some of the actual backstory to it. Of the movie
2: or the, the the event as it is.
0: Well, let's talk about like this podcast is obviously about behind the scenes or true stories. So let's talk about what influenced Halloween. Trent, you've got a kind of the backstory a little bit, or Ian, either one, just jump in. Ian, Ian can do this part. Are you sure? Yeah. So the the good thing about Halloween
2: is you you can pretty much go anywhere with the story. So, John Carpenter, and I want to say Deborah Hill. Yes. Um, his writing partner. His writing partner. So, John Carpenter gets this. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Deborah Hill actually got the idea of Haddonville, Illinois from Haddonville, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So, they get this idea, and, and John Carpenter and a few other people that are involved in this project, Deborah Hill being one of them, decide. All right, so what about a babysitter who's stalked by like a night stalker type thing? Yes. Okay, so that's creepy, and it hasn't been done for a while of, uh, of of this this kind of style. Which, and again, at the same time, they take everything that they've seen from the past, incorporate it the way they want, and put their own spin on it. And that's what I love about John Carpenter. Um, I feel which like at a, the
0: time was like a very big like in the 70s was a very big push with urban legends and the legend yeah. of the, the uh, babysitter with the phone call right upstairs and And, that, that stuff.
2: and, and I think John Carpenter kind of gets a bad uh, bad rap for uh, just kind of like he's he's everywhere with his style like you can you, you can see roots of John Carpenter and everything he does but like there's this movie there's big trouble in little china and then there's the movie vampires like it's so different but at the same time it's so the same so john carpenter gets this idea what if there was like this night stalker with this babysitter right which we've all we've all been there right (laughs) it's (laughs) true so which in
0: reality we had a lot of that kind of stuff going on in the 60s and 70s with serial killers yes we
2: did Trent and I were we there. We sure did. We it did. Was a bad yeah. time. So, uh, um, rough, rough neighborhood out there. <laughs> so, essentially, John Carpenter starts to, starts to get this idea with his writing partners and, he's, and he starts to incorporate street names from, from his childhood. And then, um, Lori Strode, I don't, I, Darren, I, I'm never going to surprise you with anything, I feel like. Probably not. Trent's Trent, who, who, Trent, who I'm going for here, the shock factor. And some of the fans
0: out there yeah, listen so, to some. Yeah, uh,
2: so Lori Strode was actually the name of a previous girlfriend of uh, John Carpenter, right? So he gets this idea, and then it's so weird because Michael Myers was this producer from uh, England, and they, they start to conjure up this whole story, and as it's piecing together... John Carpenter tells this story about how uh, when he was in college, he went to the psychiatric hospital and he meets this boy of about 12 to 14 years of age, somewhere in the ballpark of that. And he has these cold dead eyes and he's just schizophrenic and it scared the ever loving piss out of him.
0: Yeah, he specifically mentions the eyes. He's he's like they, those eyes soulless black S- eyes. So
2: not only does he do that, but when he when he mentions that he incorporates it into the writing of the movie and uh Doctor Loomis actually, if you remember in the movie, says basically the same the same word yes. for word. His big I learned
1: there was nothing behind those eyes but
0: Evil.
2: Evil Evil <laughs> Doctor Loomis, also a very underrated actor. I love Liz's, that actor. Yeah. He's Donald in a Liz's lot of great,
0: a lot of great movies. A lot of old
2: movies. So, uh, two or
0: three John Carpenter movies actually. Yeah.
2: So, so this is kind of the original story kind of taken form. And, um,
0: I'm sorry. Uh, whole, no. the, the, my favorite line in there is when Loomis goes, Hey Lonnie, get your ass away from there. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you sound like that? I don't know. I I think they they, they dubbed it, but it was so funny. He's like behind the bush by Michael Myers' house, and the kids are going to knock on the door, and he's like, Hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. I feel like when you say, first of all, he sounds like he's from Austria. Second
2: of all, he sounds like he's hiding in a fucking bush somewhere.
1: Yeah, who's really the creepy stalker here,
2: Dr. (laughs) Ramirez? Because he's in a trench coat the whole time. Just slinking about Haddonfield the whole time. Hey, (laughs) Lonnie.
1: Actually, it kind of reminds me of The Mummy. What a great hands-on doctor, by the way, to just hey, go out there he? by himself. Know, didn't really have much he's help. He's on the
2: wrong side of the river. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyway, go ahead. Back so, to- so anyway, the
2: original story kind of conjures up from that. Uh, they want to tell this creepy slasher story. And, and John Carpenter, and, and man, we've we've mentioned, in the, in the future, you guys are going to hear us talk about Steven Spielberg a lot. So tonight, I'm going to tell you Steven Spielberg likes to build suspense. Steven Spielberg likes to build suspense in a way to where like, you don't see this character on the screen. He's just going to build it up and, 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 and just try to make you feel a certain way without actually showing anything. And I feel like John Carpenter kind of did that with this one, man. He did a lot of like shots of like point of views from Michael Myers and down the street and like showing him like, uh, when, when he's standing behind the curtain there I don't I don't think it's a curtain. I think it's a sheet when he's standing in the backyard. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. a sheet. And Laurie looks out. <clears throat> Excuse me. So things like that, I I just think like shot for shot, he did he did so well in building the suspense. Go ahead, Trent.
1: I was just gonna kinda say it's kinda that less is more kinda thing that Jaws and a lot yeah, of other movies exactly. use because you know, he just, he he just, just has these long shots of just Michael standing in the distance. He's not doing anything. He's just yeah. standing there watching you, and you're just kind it's of. It's creepy as fuck. Though. It's and creepy because. That's the because best
2: part. He doesn't have to, and you're already fucking terrified. Yeah, he I mean, this, this
1: is an older movie, but like movies since then, you know, you're trained to think that something's wild's about to happen. He's about to do something. No. He's just. It's all up in your mind. You, you know like, me, what's he about to do? It's the whole. Right. It's the. Like I said, it's the. And shot after that actor. first
0: kill, he doesn't do a lot for a while in the movie. He just.
1: Shows up and kind of stares, and you know, yeah. you think about that now, and you're like, Well, that doesn't sound all that
0: which. Sp- let's give props. Spooky, That's but- an Alfred Hitchcock, like the master of suspense kind of scenario. Like, everybody looks back to, to Hitchcock, so let's just give him props. But well, now, yeah.
2: now, granted, when Michael Myers does it, it's cinematic masterpiece, but when I do it, the police are called. <laughs> well, no,
0: but I was about to say, like, people I would might call think, the police too, and I have like,
1: people <laughs> might think that as a movie, that doesn't sound all that scary, but you like, just imagine if you're out on the street in your bush. <laughs> exactly well, In more ways than one speak for yourself but well i was just gonna say imagine you're out on the street and you just see a random weirdo in a mask no less just standing there staring at you that'd be pretty friggin' creepy
0: i mean they have videos now where people wear the michael myers mask and everybody knows who he is and he'll be like at a stoplight and somebody will tape him looking at the car next to him on tiktok <laughs> and they're like oh what the fuck yeah that's yeah. scary so, a lot of people know this by now, but uh,
2: one of my favorite things to learn, and I was kind of going into this rant earlier off camera about uh, when I was growing up, there was all these AMC uh, reruns of all of them, like during Halloween
0: 31 Days of Halloween, 31 Days thing. of Halloween, and yeah. they,
2: they showed all the Halloween movies, and I loved them except for the third one, but I loved them, <laughs> and uh. Uh, It makes you want to. It it makes you want to learn more. What happened? What inspired him? So the mask of Halloween. A lot of people know this by now, but uh, was that William Shatner mask that they cut the eyes hole out? Yeah, they cut eye holes out wider in. Painted it white and then kind of messed up the hair
0: on. And they they tried five different masks.
2: And I can't unsee
0: it now that I know this. Yeah, and they painted they painted it multiple different times Yeah, test ran it and then finally came up with this look. And I think it's, that it's genius. And it I worked. think that
1: makes him even creepier because rather than going and just getting a monster mask or just something a you devil know, or unrealistic a, or a yeah. devil or just something Zombie. No, that's just like a a pasty white human face but it's not a real human well, you
0: know what i mean like yeah, we're not goes, talking
2: about you we're talking about michael
0: box <laughs> and this is something john carpenter actually has said before it goes back to frankenstein the original frankenstein universal okay. horror they called boris karloff's character the monster right yeah they didn't want people to know it was boris karloff they didn't credit him at the end of the film in this film John Carpenter didn't call him Michael Myers at the end of the film. He called him the shape. Well, that's what he yeah, was referred it to, to in be, the script too. He I mean, was exactly. referred
2: to in the in the ending credits, it was the shape as well.
0: So it was all about I believe. him being an actual like they didn't want to humanize him, which Rob Zombie totally fucked up. <laughs> Sorry, this, Rob, if you're to Zombie, us. I'm gonna in check this out this new podcast. Check out this Halloween. new podcast, Rob. <laughs> Uh, he totally <laughs> fucked that up because people—you don't want people to feel empathy or pathos for a, a a killer in this sense because it's supposed to be scary. If you feel too yeah. much empathy for him, then you you kind of lose the character. Which well, I also it, it takes
2: it takes away the backstory too of like so like I said he grew up. Uh, I'm sorry, John Carpenter went to the psychiatric hospital. Sees a 12 to 14 year old boy, blank stare nothing but like cold dead eyes. And then the very beginning of the movie, sorry to cut you off track, but in the very beginning of the movie, they show a young Michael Myers murdering the sister and everything. And they take the mask off and it's the cold, dead blank stare. Yeah. And then as he grows up, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't talk. The most terrifying part of the first movie to me, growing up as a child was seeing uh, the nurse drive away in the car, and then Michael Myers jump on top, and he had this goofy, like wild look on his face, which like, I don't think they should have showed his face in that. And I don't it's remember his face. Did they... It's it's okay. quick, okay. It's quick, and so I, I don't the first know time how to not saw be his a face jackass like and, at the end. Yeah, I don't know how to not be a jackass and pause and be like,
1: "Look at that face."
0: <laughs> so. Um, he wasn't an intimidating guy either in No, the he didn't look until big the mask came until on. the mask came on
1: well no that's what I was just about to say I love that they really don't I mean I know they do kind of show it sometimes and probably in later movies you do see his face then, but like, I think that's the best part about him is that you don't see his face you just see the mask you see the black you know, now, eye holes, and you just hear the breathing. The only breathing. time you
2: see his face is in the first one at the very end. Yeah, he does. And that's actually a completely different actor than the right. actor that was in the movie the whole time. Yeah. But plating. it takes,
1: like you said, it makes Once him less of the, a human by not seeing his the, face. Uh, so
2: clothes hanger to the eye. Yeah. I remember what that thing was called. I was just jabbing it at you.
0: Well, <laughs> that the audience did not see, but it was pretty funny. So
2: <laughs> I need an actual clothes hanger.
0: So the shape, and you just mentioned him, like, taking off the mask. And I'll talk about this, me being a film film studies teacher and, and big into film. The point of view, the killer point of view shot, started in the so early to mid-70s. But the first major film was not this one that did it. But it was Black Christmas by Bob Clark. It's a Canadian film. Yeah. Uh, had, had the original Lois Lane from the Superman movies. Uh, I can't remember her name. But anyway, she was in it. But... That was one of the first killer point of views. Now what I liked about the way Carpenter did the killer point of view, he put the boy as the killer. We didn't know who the killer was until the end. That's what's shocking of that scene. It was a young boy killing his own sister after she had sex. And he saw all of that in there, right? Mm -hmm. So he was obviously emotionally already messed up. But why was the killer point of view important for us as an audience? Because it implicated us in the killing because if we're seeing through his eyes what does it say about us paying good hard money to go to a fucking theater and see people murdered that's really what is cool to me about that scene it's implicating you as an audience member as somebody that's got something in you that wants to see this train wreck, to see this murder, you know? You
2: had to bring up the lowest Lane Superman. Now I've just been over here. Like, Margot Kidder it? is her name. Yes, thank you. It was on the tip it of hit, my tongue. It
0: hit my head as soon as you said that.
2: Yeah, so her face was
0: in my Which, story. ironically, Bob Clark did not only one of the greatest horror Christmas movies, he did one of the greatest Christmas movies. He did a Christmas story. Nice. With Ralphie.
2: So that is for another day. Yeah. The only thing I'm going to say is... I fucking hate that movie.
0: Christmas Story? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm I like gonna... it. We're going to have a lot of tension on this this uh, set <laughs> yeah. this year.
1: Sure it's so going to get punched in the arm a lot. I'm sorry, Oh Trent. my God, I'm going to find a new seat next time. <laughs> You're not safe anywhere, but I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> so that scene was great. It was also one of the more complicated scenes in the film because it was a almost one-talk uh, shot take. Um, and he used the fairly new technique of... Keeping the camera on the cameraman the whole time, which was developed during the Rocky Sylvester Stallone movie in 1975, 76. Yeah. So uh, they developed that. Uh, what's it called? A, a glide cam. They developed glide cam for that. Uh, so you can get like quick action without putting down tracks and stuff. And they did that entire scene with a glide cam. Well, if you're thinking about it, how many people did Michael? actually kill
2: on camera in the first movie it wasn't many so there was the first guy he killed to take like the suit like the his his clothes from yep. in the beginning
0: the guy that drove the wrecker.
2: yeah so like he kills that guy off camera
0: he kills, kills... somebody in the i thought he killed somebody in the maybe not okay keep now, where were we going with that I thought he maybe killed somebody in the uh, asylum before, but they talk about. I think about they it.
2: mentioned like yeah, he, they, him hurting someone. I'm not sure yeah. if he killed him. I know like he definitely did something to break out. So I know the guy with the record that you're talking about. I know uh, the couple um, that that uh, live down the street from where Lori is babysitting. Mm-hmm uh where he puts the sheet on with the PJ
0: Souls like, and who yeah. she was so hot in that she movie She was so
2: she so still she's still so, very good looking as well Those three lady. and again like I think it was a very small handful of people but that he just someone in the th- car didn't he It, it means... was the
0: babysitter in the car the uh friends both the friends the babysitter in the car the record guy Not a lot And that might be it Not Four, a lot Four murders that's in the first. That's four right movie?
2: there, and uh that's the thing that I loved about that first movie was, it was more about building up suspense. It was him in the backyard being exactly. a creep. It was Laurie didn't walking really down need the that high body her... count to make no, it. No, he didn't, and he didn't have to because she's walking down the street with her friends, and if you remember, he's weirdly standing halfway behind that bush, and she turns around and looks, and then he's gone.
0: Yeah, and and I can't
2: tell you how many times I've done that
0: to people where <laughs> I've been
2: standing behind a bush. He stood behind just a lot of bushes man.
0: and just disappeared in
2: them. Yeah. Without a trace. <laughs> I like to see you try to find me. So, um, so well, yeah, I mean,
0: it's definitely more about suspense. Like right. you said, it was about creep factor. Um, uh, you know, it was more based in reality. Like if you had a serial killer, he's not going to kill 30 people in one night. He might kill three or four, you know? Um, and that's, what's cool about this movie. It's the shape. It's like, what actually could happen to you, you know, like, could this really happen? Now the, the ending is a little more uh supernatural, I would say, where he gets shot and then disappears.
2: Which I thought was brilliant because that's the yeah. first time they do that in the movie. Was like first he became this creeper stalker guy, and then he's attacking Lori in the closet. She rips off the mask, she's stabbing him in the eye with the clothesline, she shoots him, he falls off the balcony. And then next thing you know, everybody shows up, the police, Loomis, everybody, and then he's just gone. Yes. And I thought that was absolutely brilliant. And um, a lot of people shit on part two. I love part two. It's not as good because they I go really a different like direction. It's it's a different Underrated. direction. But the first 10 minutes I thought was great because like, it picks up exactly where the first yeah. one left off. And, and I get part two is
0: more of an 80s slasher. Let's get is. honest. It, it, it's got it, boobs. It it's got sex. It's yeah. got... Cheesy kills. Well, no wait not a minute. The first
2: one with the friend and her boyfriend, there were there were boobs there, right?
0: Yeah, it shows her when he goes to get her the beer. <laughs>
2: Is that get funny my beer, Trent? Bob? No, I'm just boob titties of boobs. We Trent? to make
1: a we need to make a boob count for this. Like so, at about
0: five minutes and forty seconds, we yeah. see end up from PJ if want, Souls.
2: If you guys want, we'll do a spinoff, and it'll just be the boob count. <laughs> <The boob laughs> it might count. be a
0: Patreon episode. How many it's, boobs it's, and murders it's, it's are there in count, each?
2: We're just doing boob count. <laughs>
1: Wasn't that a thing in the movie Knocked Up? They like had a website that told you exactly when the nudity yeah. happens. I can't remember. There's what the actually a
0: guy that does that. that. I can't remember what the well, guy's name is. He does it in the for movie. Every they like realize movie. someone else does it. Dr. They're like, ah, oh,
2: scan or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I know. He does it
0: right? for every movie. I mean,
2: I I heard a
1: friend tell me that. I don't know. So yeah, that was yeah, uh, a friend told a friend. Anyway,
2: <laughs> no, that's that's what I love about the movie and. Uh, and the fact that it came from, from a true story of, of Carpenter seeing this boy yeah. in this
0: asylum. Uh, now, makes, let's just well, mention this of,
1: other story. I was going to say, speaking of true stories, there's uh, a story also means... Yeah,
0: it's it's about this guy named Stanley Stiers. And they say that Ed Kemper, which was a serial killer in the early 80s, late 70s. Yes, And then Stanley Stiers uh, actually influenced it. But the problem with the Stanley Steyer story is actually it turned out to be a fake online Reddit story. Okay, so the Stanley Steyer story starts off the same way uh, as, as this story. He was born in 1912 in Iowa. Um, he actually, like... At this time, his parents were elated to have a, a little boy unbeknownst to them. However, there was a mischievous nurse working in the hospital nursery. After Stanley was born, she took him and swapped him with another baby just for kicks. So this other baby she swapped <laughs> him with. God. Uh, both families happily took their babies home, not realizing the mistake that was more bad to come. And the other family was involved in a terrible automobile accident on their way home from the hospital. Both they and the Steyer's real baby were killed. Uh, not long after, the Styers discovered that their baby was not their own and the nurse in the hospital was, was sent to prison. But that did little to help the family deal with the situation they found themselves in. They grew resentful of Stanley and began to drink heavily. They spent the majority of their time drunk and shouting at the young boy, locking him in his room and trying to make him miserable as their punishment for not being theirs. Uh, then they had another baby. This time it was a little girl. Her name was Susie. And she became their whole world. She was their princess and gave her everything. Uh, they gave her everything she could ever want while still treating Stanley pretty inhumane. Susie picked up on it and she too began treating Stanley poorly, uh, often hitting him, kicking him, or calling him names without any repercussions from the parents. Uh, in school, Stan Stanley was often bullied on how he looked or how he behaved because he was at this point kind of stunted in his intellect.
2: Growth. Oh,
0: yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, Often joining in with the other kids uh, when they would tease him and mock mock him, uh, the entire class would uh, mercilessly pick on him. He had no friends um, and got very poor grades, got often paddled and beat on for behavior that wasn't really not normal to a kid like that. Um, and in 1923, when he was 11 years old, all he wanted to do was go trick or treating like the other kids. He'd never been allowed to go. He didn't even get Christmas presents. Um, so by him not being allowed to go yet, they allowed Susie to go to a Halloween party the night before Halloween. Uh, it became the final straw for him. So he was like just now hitting adolescence and just hours after Susie returned home, he snapped, he took a butcher knife from the kitchen Stabbed her multiple times until he knew she was dead. He then turned on his parents, killing them in their beds while they slept. Finally, he turned to the family dog, killing the dog as well. So, it's Why the dog? One of those, uh, you know, i shoot your family and your dog kind of thing. Uh, when Halloween came, he went trick-or-treating for the first time ever, just like everything was normal, leaving his dead parents, sister, and dog at home. Of course, his bullies were still out there. Stanley attacked and killed as many as he could without being seen. So he was a serial killer at this point. At one point, he even invaded the home of one of his bullies, killing him and his entire family before returning to the street to collect more candy. He was having the time of his life and stayed out until morning sitting on a swing at the school playground, gleefully eating candy. And that's when the uh, police officer swooped in he was taken to a private psychiatric institution where he was studied for the next 13 years. All records of Stanley were suppressed, including his Halloween killing spree. To the rest of the world, it was though it never existed. The government wanted to know what would make a boy snap like he did and what gave him the strength and ability to kill so many people. They opened the study up, first looking for signs of the paranormal, but they found nothing, not even the slightest sign of demonic possession. They didn't stop there. They knew he was a danger and they continued working on and with him. But then on Halloween in 1936, a couple of orderlies started to harass Stanley. He was now 24 years old and had grown quite a bit over the past 13 years, standing 6 feet 4 and weighing in at 260 plus pounds. They should have known better because Stanley snapped their necks as easily as if it were snapping a pretzel in half. He walked right out of the front door of the institution where he was met with little resistance. The cops had been alerted and were standing by in the town and eventually, even though he didn't stop, he walked straight out and while he was shot multiple times, he managed to take out everyone who would try to stop him. Some say Stanley was a possessed superhuman and that he was able to lift and throw a car killing other people in the area. Others say he was just terrifying that felt no pain and the agents backed down or were killed by Stanley when he got his hands on them. There's no record of Stanley ever existing. We do know that John Carpenter had said that when he was in college, he went to a class trip to a mental institution in Kentucky. There he visited the most serious mentally ill patients. Among these were a young boy about 12 years old. He said the boy gave a schizophrenic stare, a real evil stare which he found unsettling and creepy.
2: But he didn't throw a car at him.
0: He didn't throw a car at him. <laughs> that we know. So it says while the John Carpenter described this boy, uh, it couldn't have been Stanley Steers because he wasn't born, John Carpenter wasn't born until 1948, 12 years after Stanley escaped. So the, the this whole story is played off like it's a real story. But in reality, uh, if you trace it back, it it was a Reddit story. So It was
1: a pretty good story until you
0: got to like the incredible bulk part where he just couldn't be <laughs> killed and yeah. was
1: throwing cars at everyone. But
0: it almost seems like one of those, you know, the guy escaped the mental institution with a hook for a hand and the hook was in the side Wait of the door. Wait a minute,
2: where have I heard this story before?
0: Yeah, so it was, it was one of those type of stories and it yeah. was on Reddit and I think the more it was on Reddit, the more it blew up and then... Became this superhuman bullcrap. So that's kind of the backstory of Stanley Stiers or Steers. Mm. <laughs> Fake now news. all you got to
2: say about it? Is- mm. mm.
1: It was a good story. It's you know, it's we can't story. verify what's true or not true on this podcast. We just deep dive into the. Throw we, it out there for you. We're yeah. for the facts. I'm, into the- I'm here. I'm here
0: to tell you it's not true. That's, that's a not true story. Uh. Little fun fact though about John Carpenter, um, it mentioned right there he is from Kentucky, and he's quoted he's actually from. If you know this trivia, do you know it? Bowling Green. He's from Bowling Green, and he said in a quote, and this is an awesome quote: "Everything I learned about horror, I learned in Bowling Green." So apparently yeah. that that uh, he did not have a good childhood himself, and probably did not like where he's from, and moved out pretty quickly. If you're from Bowling Green listening to this, I'm sorry, but you created one of the greatest horror directors ever. We appreciate ever. you. for that. appreciate yeah, thank you. Thank you for your gift. That and your Corvettes. I love them. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so back to back to Halloween. A uh, little fun fact. Uh, the the main actress, what's her name?
1: Oh, my God, I just
0: blinked. Jamie, Lee, Jamie Curtis. Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Put me on know, the spot like that. Do you know who her famous parents are? I can't remember the actress' name, but was she in Psycho? Psycho, Janet Leigh from Psycho. And then her famous dad was Tony Curtis, who also played a couple of serial killers. One was the Boston Strangler. So she's got got some pretty famous actors. Scranton
1: Strangler. The the original Scream Queen. She was, yes. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Speaking of original, uh, would you say Halloween kind of birthed the slasher? Maybe not birthed the genre. I'm sure it was around before, but like made it popular.
0: I think here in America it did. I think there were other slashers before this in the 60s and 70s, like Peeping Tom, uh, Black Christmas. Jamie Lee
2: Curtis did a prom night around then, didn't she? No, that
0: was later. That was 81 or 2. Yeah. I would say this is the first American made I mean, it was a phenomenon when it came out. Everybody wanted to go see this film. Yeah, very and low budget,
1: it, made tons of money.
0: I think a lot of it was yeah, I think it three hundred and twenty five thousand dollars to make and it made like four million or something.
1: I think it made forty five million. Forty
0: yeah, forty I was thinking forty million, not four million. Forty million. <laughs> million 40 to forty five somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. So that's a that's a pretty big jump, obviously.
1: But which I read in preparation of this, like by today's standards that would be like $150 million
0: movie. Wow. I think That's is what that kind of like adjusts to. Double to triple? Pretty much. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a phenomenon. And I, I think it actually did kickstart all the slashers here in America for sure. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the director you were talking about, Friday the 13th franchise, the director of that, uh, the writer director of that, like, was really influenced by it and wanted to come up with another type of movie that was based on a holiday like Halloween was uh, so yeah it definitely definitely was a huge influence. That was going to be my next question to you uh, since this is Halloween
1: hopefully when you're listening to this Woo-hoo. do you think the do you think the movie I mean it, it would have probably been great and stood on its own anyway but do you think the fact that it revolved around Halloween like amplified it anyway? Do you think it matters?
0: Do you think like, do you think the holiday of Halloween? I think makes it, this movie. I think definitely it had an influence. I think Black Christmas influenced having a genre movie about a date that people know. And I think obviously Halloween ties into scary things anyway. Because if you just stripped it away and it
1: was a movie, the same movie just happened and on a random night. Different. happened on a random night. It would still be call it Haddonfield. Yeah, it would still be a good movie. It would still be just as would you know. not be near as but, big though. But there's something about I think the holiday and just the vibe of Halloween night that m- makes this movie even creepier than it would be anyway. Yeah, you because for sure there's just I don't know there's a vibe about Halloween and I don't I can't put it into
0: words right now. But there's just something about you know put it into
1: words. Right I can and it's a podcast.
0: Yeah, but. so I think that uh, different movies. It it definitely influenced slashers because you had stuff come out like uh, My Bloody Valentine and you had like uh, different Christmas movies like that had the killer be Santa Claus and stuff like that, you know, Mm -hmm. and it really influenced like how slashers were. It kind of had a lot of the tropes for slashers for the first time with like, teenagers and and that youth culture and a little bit of the uh the you know kind of the urban legends that were going on at the time that went from campus to campus on colleges you know about you know babysitters and and somebody being upstairs and phone calls and stuff. She had the phone call ring and she listened to it. So apparently Michael Myers knew how to use a telephone and stuff like that. From <laughs> which the is other weird because he he's the not a time. total he savage. Didn't. He, he didn't know, it. yeah. So, like, it was it was one of those things. But, like, it definitely was a really cool vibe for a movie. It had, like, really cool kill scenes and had believable characters. Uh, the soundtrack was the absolute best, which is a John Carpenter soundtrack. He loved... Doing his own stuff in his movies. In fact, right now, currently, he's touring around the world doing like his movie soundtracks with bands and an orchestra. Yeah. You could actually buy tickets and do like see that stuff. So it's really, really neat that he's really into into the music part of it. He understands that. Um, But that's kind of Halloween in a a nutshell. It's a great movie. He does the
2: entire score from Big Trip on Little China. (laughs) Yeah pretty much love that in person I pay money to see that right now
0: I definitely would yeah
1: he's such a he's like obvious I mean he's a legendary director and you know that's not lost on anyone but I feel like we don't always talk about how good of a musical talent he is and how much his because he does a lot of his own music for his movies and how much it like elevates the movies
0: yeah he definitely brought that synth type sound yeah I mean, it's into American film. Like, it it was already there in, like, European films, but
1: he brought it to a
0: different level. I'm not trying to say he was, like, the originator
1: of it, and I I don't know if it's was like a product of its time or not but every now and then you'll get a horror movie that kind of goes back to that old school synthy score and i love that when you hear it like i feel like that automatically makes what you're watching a little bit better just because it kind of harkens back
0: yeah like stranger things and everything it's very influential yeah and like obviously those those things are like set in
1: the 80s but even if it's like something that's modern day but then you hear that synth come in during scary parts i was like yes
0: definitely So, I've, you know, we're we're about out on this first episode, but I want to tell a couple of stories. One is like uh, my childhood, like my favorite story that actually freaked the shit out of me. uh, Two of them. My first one is when I was like in my probably 12 or 13, in my middle school years, uh, the satanic panic was really big Mm -hmm. in, in the United States. So, like, I listened to metal music and everybody listened to that stuff, you know, and it's kinda like you always told those stories like the candy man type story about Bloody Mary and you know, there was always like this brown van or gray van that'd be going through town, supposedly picking up children to like you
2: have a brown van trip?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can fit a lot of children in it, let me tell you. So they're supposedly picking up people and like taking them to these sacrificial rituals and everything and like I mean, we actually have a story later on we'll talk about it with the Memphis three, you know, that actually is a real story, but these were mostly made up stories, you know, and, and Satanism was kind of a made up thing at the time, you know, and just to kind of scare the the status quo, I guess, if you will, and like politicians were big into to fighting that and they were trying to do stuff with lyrics and, and songs and everything and blaming lyrics for suicides and all kinds of stuff. So anyway, uh, me and my friends decided we were going to play around with a Ouija board. And there were a bunch of us. There was probably 12 people there at this time, you know, at this little party. And it was during Halloween, so it was in October. Like, I don't think it was Halloween night, but we were having this party. And uh, unbeknownst to our parents, we were playing around with the Ouija board. I'm pretty sure one of the the older kids probably set this up. But I still, to this day, don't know how it was done. But uh, the Ouija board kind of smoked and caught on fire at one point in time and I didn't see what happened cause I wasn't paying close attention. Cause it was kind of one of those things where you're like checking out girls and trying to see what all is going on and everything, but trying to be serious. <laughs> so I think maybe somebody like probably burn it with a lighter and I didn't see it, but I don't know what happened. But when it that happened, i really
2: been out of it. If somebody pulled out a lighter, lit this board on fire and you're just staring up at the,
0: well, I don't know what happened, happened but like <laughs> all of a sudden, like it happened and like, I remember the kid ran out of the uh, apartment building that we were in, and he threw it on these railroad tracks that was behind the (laughs) apartment building and just let it burn there on the railroad tracks. So it was kind of creepy as hell. So I I remember that to this day, day, how creepy that was. But that's not the worst incident of Halloween shenanigans. Besides all the soaping and egging and paraffining we used to do on windows and everything, my scariest time was I used to go to... uh, a skating rink in my hometown every weekend, and we would skate from like I don't know six o'clock to like ten or eleven when it closed. And once it closed, I would head up to a VFW in our town where my mom uh, and her friends would kind of hang out. And we were there, and uh, it's about I was about thirteen, maybe fourteen, and I left that place, and I I was less than a mile from the VFW now. Back then everything was Mayberry. You didn't really you weren't really scared of a lot. So like a, a teenager walking unlocked. Yeah, a teenager walking home alone wasn't that scary to right. me. Right. But I was walking home. And I was I was scared enough to where I would walk close to where the street lights were Naturally, so I could see yeah. things, you know. Right. But I was walking home and I got about halfway home. My mom was going to come home later. And I got about halfway home. And I would have been by myself because nobody was a, a latchkey kid. So, nobody would have been home anyway. So, I already had my own key. Ouch. Sorry. And so, like, uh, I got about halfway home and I started hearing something. It sounded like somebody walking. sound
2: sounded like somebody kicking a microphone. <laughs> kicking a
0: microphone all the way home. So, it sounded like somebody walking, but I couldn't see it. So, it was already in my mind like a scary movie. Because so I'd seen enough scary movies at this point in my life to know that this shit is not something you want to mess with. So... I kept on walking. I didn't see anybody. Well, finally, around the corner, I saw somebody walk out. Scared the shit out of me. So, here I am sprinting home. Yeah, I sprint home. I get home. I get all the way to my house. Unlock the door. I look around. I can't see anybody. I get in the house, and I'm scared to death. I don't want to turn a light on because I don't know what's going on. So, I leave the lights off, lock all the doors, and I had a sliding room glass, a sliding door, a glass door in the front room. That's what we went in at. So really? I'm like looking... Yeah. So It's I'm, usually
2: like a patio scenario. Isn't yeah, it? we
0: had one in the back and the front on one side of the house. Unique.
2: Okay. Yeah, cool. and we
0: had a main door in the front, but like that's where I went in at. Okay. And so I'm looking out this sliding room glass door with a curtain behind me, so I'm kind of peeking through the curtain, and I see coming down the road a dude in a fucking trench coat walking, and he walks, and I'm watching him, so I'm like peering out the window looking and all these years I've thought about this. Now this is, this is where I had to tell you the backstory. I've thought about this story and I've told multiple people this story and it sounds like a bullshit story. It sounds like something in a movie and you're like, Oh, whatever. Okay. So remember that. So he, (laughs) this guy's walking and I'm peering out and he looks like, I can't see his face. He looks kind of like a transient type guy. Like, but I can't see his face close up, scares the shit out of me. And he stops right across the road from my house on the sidewalk. So there's a sidewalk across the road and my house and there's no sidewalk on that side. And he turns slowly and looks right at the house and he's looking at our house. Now, meanwhile, I'm still like peering out the glass. Do you (laughs)
2: you think like your face is illuminated enough to where he can see you? There's no
0: lights on. So in my mind, I'm thinking he can't see me, but he fucking does. And he looks right at me and holds a finger up and points right at me. My God, I fucking almost shit my pants. I did just now. So. <laughs> you shit Darren's pants. I, he shit my pants just now. <laughs> I felt it. So I run to the I did back. Get a little tingle, a little goosebump. I a run. Little Peter to, tingle. <laughs> I run to the back sliding door and I go out the back sliding door.
2: You went outside? And,
0: no, I went outside ran behind the houses because all of our houses in a row by a cornfield, mind you. I sprint all the way to the cornfield or down the cornfield, sprint to a road that's adjacent to our road, sprint up, could still see him standing there, and I run all the way back to the VFW. Okay? So you're talking... I would say... A half a mile away. So first of all, the fact that you're
2: willing to go outside
0: well. I, was, me. I didn't know what I I didn't know what else to do. I but could have stayed in, but he knew I was in there, so it freaked me the fuck out. So I ran outside so, but the back door. So, so I thought I can, thought in my you mind give me I, a I could time outrun frame?
2: Him. So by the time he sees you, you run out the back. You're trying to circle around him, I'm assuming to get back to your mother. Yes. Okay. So I get that. So as you're circling back around, how long would you say five minutes it takes to do all
1: this?
0: I was one of the fastest kids in our entire school. So I would say... <laughs> fastest
1: man
2: alive.
0: Like I literally like... He's was, so fast. I was pretty fast friggin' fast. Like, two minutes. Probably two to three minutes to get so, back to the VFW. So
2: first of all, impressive for user. Yeah. Second Sprinted. of all, the fact that a man is standing there staring at your fucking class door for two to three full minutes. Yeah. Uh, if you're in the house, even if you're not in the house, that feels like a lifetime. Yes. Yes. Two to three minutes doesn't seem like that long. Depends on who you're talking to. Two to three minutes doesn't seem like that long, right? So, like, here's the thing. As a... How old did you say you were? You may not have said it 13, maybe? Days. 13. You see this... Mid-80s.
0: He points to you.
2: Not, not toward the house. He points at you, right?
0: Points at where I was at. At the glass door, but it's the same door I went in. So maybe he didn't see me, but. But the odds of him
2: pointing, but why would he? Exactly. You circle back around two to three minutes, seems like a lifetime. You get back to the VFW and and continue.
0: I'm sorry. I, I tell my mom the whole story. She said, I'm crazy. She said, oh, you're just your imagination. I I was like, I'm not leaving. This is back in the day when you could go into VFW as a 13-year-old and sit there by your mom while she's drinking a couple drinks. It didn't really matter, right? right? Right. Smoke them up, Johnny. So, yeah, it was the same type of thing. James, actually. So, uh, years go by, and I've told people this story, and now at the point of me telling this story, you know, as an adult, I'm thinking maybe it didn't happen. I was just a little chicken chit. 13-year-old, watched the movie Hellraiser around that time, mid to late 80s. So I'm thinking maybe it might have been something I've seen from a movie or whatever affected me, and I just it was my imagination. Fast forward to just a few years ago. I mean, I'm talking I was in my 40s when my mom told me that. She was like, you know that story you told me about that guy pointing at you? Come to find out, one of my girlfriends, which was one of her friends that was at the VFW that night, was there and she'd gotten a divorce recently from some dude and this dude followed me home thinking I was an adult and was her ex or her new boyfriend
2: what
0: and fucking was coming there to beat the shit out of me
1: or murder you
0: or murder me i don't know if me. that makes it creepier or or not it, it makes, makes it weird. less creepy. I don't know. He's oh, he creepy. I, I don't more It's still, it makes me creepy more creepy it's still a creepy story. Because it's like some dude, and it really fucking happened. It, I wasn't making it up.
2: But um, first of all, I want to see a picture of Darren Means
0: as a 13 year old. I'll show you sometime. It's
2: creepy also that some guy would a <laughs> we'll we'll weird it on, way. That was we'll my fault. put it fault. on our website. That was my fault. I, I said it weird, but young I'm just Darren, saying that. The young fact that, oh God, you don't want to see 13 year old Ian. So, I know I don't. So, The fact that – I'm going to let you get back into that trend here in just a second. The fact that he thought you were a grown man at 13, I really want to see this picture.
0: I'm wanting to say I had longer hair. I was like – I was one of those people that was like a full-grown man at like 12 because I shot up really quick. So I was – I'm 5'11 and a half now. I probably was around 5'9",
2: 5'10". He had a creepy vibe to him, like not just the fact that he stood there and fucking stared at you. But Michael Myers, home. like, but just 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 his demeanor, right? His yeah. facial expression, everything. I did.
0: thought he was a transient. He had like a long coat on. looked like one of those mid '80s leather coats. Right. You know what I'm talking like about?
2: From like the '80s slasher
1: movies. Yeah. yeah.
0: But people wore those out back then, like right. cowboy, like cowboy was casual type guys. What,
1: what were you getting into a second ago, Trent? I'm sorry. I was just thinking that it's almost creepier in a way that. Yeah, it was a real person, but like, who goes to someone's house and just stands there and stares at, like you said, like Michael Myers, and then points at the house like he's calling
0: out his victim?
1: Like, who knows what he was gonna <laughs> like do? Like, not...
0: but like in my mind, I'm thinking now, he could have like, been
1: out to kill this guy.
0: That maybe he, he was looking at at me like, I know what you did, kind of thing. Like, I'm gonna kick your ass. But
1: but how could he see you? <laughs> wasn't it in the middle of the night. It's dark. It was like there 10, wasn't like a 10, porch light on, 11. right? To where your light, your face would have so been was dark,
2: illuminated in the light. It's I mean, he, I, I walked all in. Is the I spark. walked in, Aaron's and since I walked in, in, in,
0: I shut the door, locked it really quick. And r- remind <laughs> you, it was a glass sliding door, so I locked the little lock that goes up, the latch, and I threw like we had a board that we'd put behind it, like a I bar, put the board yeah in there. to stop
1: people yeah. from breaking. So in.
0: that's all that was protecting me from this and that dude.
1: And he, you know, he obviously had bad intentions. He was wouldn't gonna, follow me. He followed you home, and who knows? Like I said, who knows what he was going to do to you? Now he killed you. So it was it was like a slasher
0: slasher movie that turned out to be reality in in hindsight, like I'm glad I'm alive. (laughs) Well yeah. That's my scary Halloween story because it was in the fall as well. So the Ouija
1: board was scary, but that might be scarier. To tie this up kind of with Halloween and kind of wrap things up a little bit, you know, me personally I feel like it's never happened to me, but I feel like one of my greatest fears is looking outside my house at night and just seeing someone in the road staring at like can you just I don't feel like there's a, there's not, there's not really, I mean, there are, but that's like one of the worst fears. (laughs) That's like one of the worst fears. I feel like you could just randomly think about while you're laying in bed, which I don't encourage it, but it actually (laughs) happened.
0: And that's, what's crazy. Like my mom told me this years later that that woman said that her husband was ex-husband was the one that did that. Like, it was a true thing, and it like freaks me out. If you're listening to this, just
1: imagine that when you're laying in bed, falling asleep, just imagine looking at your front window and just seeing a random stranger just standing there, like Michael Myers. Again, good way to tie this back to the episode. That's scary as hell. Like that's You just fucked up half our eyes. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what... Awesome. Again, not, not to bring it back around. That's what makes Halloween so great, is that he just stands and stares at you.
0: I mean, he yes, obviously kills people poor, too, yeah. but you know what I'm saying.
1: Oh, I thought you were talking about the guy in the <laughs> no, Michael
0: Myers. I'm yeah, just that's saying that's. Well, I'm gonna add some pictures of us when we're young on our on our social media, and I'm also gonna add. I'm also gonna add like I went to Hollywood recent, like within the last two years, and just two two streets away from the Sunset Strip is where they tape that all that those scenes with the the babysitter's house and everything. And I actually am behind those bushes, and I peek out, <laughs> and then I come back. So I'll add that little video or those pictures. Nice, okay. good plug for it's our social touch. medias. Yes. Also. So All right. Up. So that's that's our inaugural Halloween episode next week, or you know, whenever we do this again, we'll add some cool stuff, and hopefully, you guys are going to follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and. If we have a YouTube page eventually, and if we do Patreon, we want you guys to be subscribers. And hopefully you'll dig this content. We'll have more and more, and this should be a really, really fun show.
1: Fingers crossed, yeah.
0: (laughs) So, I am Darren. And I am Trent. I am Ian. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. The horror you know. You stay spooky, guys. Thanks. What the fuck did I just say thanks? No,
2: I like that you said this.
0: In the dead of
2: night, when the moon is high, and the shadows dance, the evil will rise. The world between the living and the dead is this.